0: If you would turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 100, Psalm 100. This I've entitled a Thanksgiving Psalm. I didn't know it would be on the front of the bulletin here this morning, but the same Psalm. But uh, but here we're going to speak about this. Uh, it's one of the most beautiful Psalms, I believe, uh, Thanksgiving Psalms. And so let's begin by. Uh, Get into the right psalm, which I am not, which I was. That's what happens when you start talking. All right. And chapter 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Aren't you glad for that? Those of us who can't really carry a note too well. We're not told to sing on key. Just make a joyful noise. And we'll say more about that. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is what? He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. One of them, again, with with all of my heart, I believe that we are a people and a nation that have truly been blessed of God. There is, if anyone was honest and true, there is no way that you can conclude otherwise. This nation, this church has been blessed. We individually have been blessed. Through all the trials, all the troubles of life, God is still good. And we, we must see that today. But this, uh, this Thanksgiving psalm, I believe it will help us uh, as we approach this week where we've set aside for Thanksgiving. Uh, at least most of us, some politicians are outlawing it, I heard. But the t- I want to give you, the, you know, an illustration of how blessed we are. We are such a blessed people. The top 10 signs that you overdid it and Thanksgiving dinner it was a, uh, something online here that, that I found. And these are the top 10 signs you overdid it at Thanksgiving. This tells you how blessed we are. Paramedics have to bring in the jaws of life to pry you out of the lazy boy. The gravy boat your wife set out was a real 12-foot boat. You receive a sumo wrestler application in your email. Friday, you set off three earthquakes seismographs on your morning jog. That's not very nice. But I'm I'm just reading what's it? Uh, Pricking your finger for cholesterol screening only yielded gravy. A guest quotes a biblical passage from the feeding of the five thousand. That rash on your stomach turns out to be the steering wheel burn. Boy, this is pretty rough. And representatives from the Butterball Hall of Fame call twice. And you consider gluttony your patriotic duty. And the number one sign, you overdid it at Thanksgiving dinner. And this is, again, remember this is on, online. Your arms are too short to reach the keyboard to delete this. All right, that's pretty mean in some cases. But nonetheless, we are obviously a blessed people. I think it's clear to say that none of us are starving here. That God has provided abundantly for us. This week, our nation pauses once again, as it has done for many, many years, to give thanks. What, you, you, but what, what is the atheist? Well, no wonder they don't want Thanksgiving. They, don't, they, they can't thank a God who they do not believe in. Who do they have to thank? Themselves? You, who do you think the pilgrims were thanking? It wasn't, yes, they were appreciative of the Indians, their assistance, and, and the mutual friendships. and. But it was God's blessings. They had been through such death and sorrow, lost a lot of people. And now God had blessed them abundantly. One would assume that because of the example of our forefathers, because that we today, we have so much, one would assume that we would be an extremely thankful people. But sadly, that is not always the case, is it? Not at all. In fact, it's often just the opposite. The more we get, the less thankful we become. The less mindful of God we become. And the more we want. We see that happen often in the lives of people, but it's sad. I I think here that the 100th Psalm was written to deal with that kind of attitude. It, It was written to remind us of our need to be thankful and to maintain an attitude of gratitude. And the, the basis of our thanksgiving, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but the basis of our thanksgiving, and I say this across the nation of America, the basis of our thanksgiving is God, is the Lord. He is the one that has blessed this nation. It's not because of the Democrats or the Republicans. Well, again, I, want, I, try, to, I try to watch my words now as I uh, speak about some of these politicians because it can be a little frustrating, can it? But no, they are not the ones that hold the key to the blessings of this nation. It's God. I'm so glad for the few uh, politicians that are out there that, who recognize that and acknowledge that fact. But the, the more some people get, the less uh, thankful they become and the more entitled they become. People that have the attitude, you owe me. America owes me. My boss owes me. That's a person that's going to be never thankful for anything, and they're never going to amount to much either, and um, they don't appreciate what has been done for them. And of all those who give thanks to Him and that praise His name, you and I, Christian, ought to be at the very top of that list. We ought to be known as a thankful people. I am sure that every one of you could tell me, I don't want you to do this, but you could tell me the name of someone you know who is always complaining, who has nothing. I mean, something could be done for them in a, just a marvelous way, and they would still grumble about it, and they would still say that it's not enough. Or they. Could, I, I remember in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we always would be taking food to families, and I, I had two arm loads of food. I went to this home. When they opened the door, I'm not joking the smell just about knocked me over and so i walked into the house i could see mice running free now nothing wrong with having mice. i mean we have mice that we deal with but these mice were having a time and uh walked into the kitchen because she wanted me to set the food on the table and we had to literally brush the cockroaches off the table now look you can be poor but still clean and then but this is what it gets me after we did all of this She said, is that all we get? I thought, how thankful. There's no thankfulness there at all. They're thankless. And so many are like that. They say, well, you owe me. As a church, we wanted to help. We didn't have to do that. Uh, We do feel that God would have us to do that, but it, it happens here as well. You do something for someone, and they want more. They act like they deserve more. And but all of, of all those that should be thankful, we should be known for that. You, Christians, should be known on the job as a thankful person, as a person that appreciates what they have. That's not always complaining of what they don't have. And uh, so I, I think there is something about giving thanks together, giving thanks to God together as a church that brings us closer together. I, I'm reminded of the Berlin Wall when it came down. And boy, those people were so thankful for their freedom. And it really did bring them, uh, for a while, it brought unity that occurred across Berlin. Now, I think also that there is a real danger in this this season of determining our Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving based on what we have or what we don't have. Some of us may be tempted to think because I don't have what my neighbor has or I don't have what I think I should have, then uh, I, I've been left out and God has let me down and therefore I cannot be thankful. I don't have enough turkey to gorge myself on. I, uh, is my money in the bank secure? Am I healthy? And all these things. If it's not, if I don't have the money, amount of money I think I should have, if I don't have uh, uh, my health like I think it should be, then I'm not going to be thankful. That ought not be. We ought to be thankful regardless. And, and we let these things, though, determine whether we are or are not thankful. The psalmist says that all of these things may change at any time. Our health may be gone tomorrow. Our money may be gone, especially with those wanting to raise our taxes, right? And, and, and so all of these things are just temporal the only thing that we have for sure is our relationship with God, everything else that you know they may drift away, they may burn up, they may rust away or they may be stolen, but not our relationship with God. That is something that's sure, something that cannot be changed, and it is not uncommon to to compile a wish list uh, for Christmas and uh, you know some uh Some grandkids will send uh, grandparents a wish list and and, uh, what what they want for Christmas. Some adults do the same thing. That's why, not uncommon. It's not uncommon to make a resolution list or things that you're going to do for the new year. But there's another list that we often overlook, and that's a Thanksgiving Day list, counting our blessings and things that which we are thankful for now we try to do that I know as we get together around this time of year but let me remind you thanks being thankful ought to be a everyday process for you and I Christian we ought to be thankful all the time and we have much to be thankful for but here's a a list of of just a few things that a, a housewife is thankful for on Thanksgiving Day their list for automatic dishwashers because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back in for their after-dinner snacks, thankful for husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house because they usually make them big enough to call in the professionals, and thankful for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves, thankful for teenagers because they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language. And thankful for smoke alarms because they let you know when the turkey's done, and uh, goes on. And I think there's even one there, there Thankful for grandkids because you can say goodbye to them, and uh, enjoy them for a time, get them all hyped up and riled up, and then send them home. But seriously, like like you, I'm sure uh, I, I'm sure that uh, you make a list as we make this list, it would incl- include major things like our. I'm thankful for my life, for my health, for my family. I'm thankful for friends, for the nation that we live in. Despite all of its flaws, America is still, in my view, the greatest nation on the world, or in the world. And, but even more than that, I'm thankful for my salvation. Amen? What a joy. I mean, think about the comfort that we have. We've lost a dear friend here in the past couple of days, a, a, a dear loved one for many of you. But we know he's with the Lord. And what comfort that brings to our hearts. And our cause of salvation. I'm thankful for our church family. What a great thing to have a church family that will pray for us, that will love us. And, and, uh, and the mercy that God showers out upon us every single day of our lives. So with Jesus, we have so much for which to celebrate Thanksgiving. That's why every day we could uh, we ought to be a thankful people. Look, look back at this psalm with me, if you would. Let's just scan through it quickly and see what it emphasizes. Verse one, Verse 1, you'll see the name of the Lord. In verse 2, you'll find the name of the Lord. In verse 3, you'll find, again, the name of the Lord. In verse 4, it says, enter into His gates, the Lord's gates, with thanksgiving. In verse 5, again, you'll find the name of the Lord. The 100th psalm was written for the people of Israel. But, you know, God said to them, when you get uh, into that promised land that I've given you, when you arrive there and you settle down in your warm homes and and you have all your food to eat, you have plenty, don't forget me. This is what God's telling them, reminding them. I led you out of the wilderness. I brought you into a land flowing with milk and honey. But it doesn't take very long to realize that the people of Israel needed a reminder. And so do we. Oftentimes, we need a reminder. Hey, Dayton, I want you to sit up there, buddy. We're trying to keep you awake here this morning. But verse 1, again, it says this. Look what it says. All ye lands. That means all the earth, the entire world. That uh, That last verse says that it includes how many generations? all generations all generations so this message of thanks is so deep so wide that it applies to every person in every era era and stage of life we uh this these are words uh, from the lord to us the psalm gives us five commands here thanksgiving commands number one it says there in verse one shout for joy oh I, i don't you just like to be in that type of situation where you're so excited and filled with joy that you can't even express the words you just shout out glory to God amen hallelujah and you're excited you're thankful make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands and that's what it means shout with the force of a trumpet blast yeah this is not a oh well amen. No, 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 this is, this is excitement and joy. You can't contain yourself. Uh, you've been there. Have you been to a, a basketball game and your team is winning? They're, maybe, maybe they're right behind by one point and your, your team has the ball. The, the top clock is ticking away and that last shot goes up and you're holding your breath as it goes through. And I'm sure if that's you, you're not going to sit there and say, oh, well. Oh, no, you're going to be jumping out of your bleachers. You're going to be shouting and screaming. I mean, the roar is going to be uh, uh, unbearable because of the excitement. Listen, there is nothing that happens on a basketball court or the football field or any sport, for that matter, that is more exciting than what God has done for you and I. And we ought to shout for joy. Maybe he uh, uh, saw them, Man, helped you. How many of you have been, and again, you don't need to raise your hand, but have you ever been to a situation in life you didn't know what to do? You didn't have the answers. You didn't know how this was going to come out. You just had to say, God, I'm trusting you. And he solved that problem. He brought you through that valley. And boy, maybe, maybe he did that. Maybe he, he has given you the direction in which way to go in life. You were not sure and you, you leaned upon the Lord and you sought His will and He gave you the direction to go, the peace. Maybe He's provided a blessing and you realize it is, it's all come from God. So from the depths of your being, you proclaim your praise. And that is what the psalmist is saying. Suddenly, you realize that God has been so good to me, I'm a person that's so unworthy, and you can't keep it inside anymore. You have to say something about it. This is really where the Lord wants us to be as a witness for Him. If we're so filled with praise and what God has done for us, how can we be silent, Christians? How can we go to work every day, go to school every day, go about our business and never speak of God? It will not happen if our hearts are filled with such joy and thankfulness for what He's done. From the depths of our being, we want to shout out unto the Lord and thank Him. Command number two here in Psalm 100 is serve with gladness there. You see it in verse 2? The Lord hath made, oh, wrong, wrong place there, uh, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. And, and so uh, it doesn't say serve the church, although you know, that is definitely going to be true in any Christian. That's not what it says here. It doesn't say serve the preacher or serve the leaders or serve the organization. It says serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Now, I'm sure that, that we, um, I, I'm not always sure that we grasp that, that we clearly uh, uh, see the truth here. Maybe we serve at times out of a feeling of obligation. Well, the pastor asked me to do this. I guess I, I got to, or nobody else is going to do it. I guess I'll, I'll do it. Nobody else does. And, and sometimes that may be our our uh, our attitude and and uh, uh but but if we're going to serve maybe uh maybe in fact for some maybe it's because they want to draw attention to themselves look what i've done i want to make sure i get recognition pastor make sure you put my name up on the screen make sure you put it back to the bulletin somewhere in the bulletin of what i've done i've never had anybody tell me that i'm just saying that there are some that that do want that recognition. And they, they almost demand it. And so it's, it's natural for us to desire appreciation when we do something that's worthwhile. That's, that's a, a common thing. But the song says, in whatever you do, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve Him with gladness. Jesus said, In as much as you have done it unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. We don't do the, or we ought not do what we're doing in the church or outside the church. For ourselves, or just because someone asked us to, or for wanting to be seen, we do it for the Lord. That's with the right heart. And the Bible teaches that if we witness on behalf of the Lord, if we, if we uh, feed the hungry, if we clothe the naked, if, if we do the work of the Lord, whatever it might be, we are serving the Lord. It doesn't. And, and by the way, He keeps record. He knows what you and I have done in His name. And he knows wood, hay, and stubble as well, that it's going to burn up. But let's do it as unto the Lord. Uh, now, just, just take a moment and, and look, at, look at people around you. Maybe you can do that now, but no, don't, don't want to single anybody out. But, you know, sometimes you look around and say, boy, do they look happy? I mean, do, do you, some of us have to work at it, don't we? Maybe, maybe it would be a good idea for us to get in front of a mirror this week and just try to smile. Your face is not going to crack, and it's not going to hurt. But try to, I, I know there's a lot of things. Our world's in a mess. I understand that. I understand you listen to any news very long at all. Man, you're going to be wanting to fight somebody. Um, but listen, we have much to be thankful for, and we ought to show it on our face that we're not a grumpy old man or a grumpy old lady. That we are not someone who just resents life and hates life. We enjoy, again, my happiness, my peace, my joy does not hinge on fact who is sitting at the, in the White House. There's been many presidents in the White House, quite frankly, I thought should not be there and were not qualified. Um, I'll just say Donald Trump was not one of them in my view, but that's, that's here or there. But my point is this, God is still in control. God is the one I, I am to serve. He is the source of my joy. He is the source of my peace. He is the source of my thanksgiving. That's why we give thanks. And so don't try not, Let's Christians, we ought not sit around with scowls on our face. We ought not be trying to find something to complain about. But then there's command number three. So shout for joy, serve with gladness. Then number two, or verse number two, excuse me, uh, command number three Found in the latter part of verse 2, where it says, uh, come before his presence with singing. Uh, These first three commands, serve with gladness, uh, shout for joy, sing with praise. God is saying here, I want you to be happy. I I, I mean, it's hard to sing when you're not happy. I was uh, reminding or talking about this in Sunday school class, I know when when Mildred gave birth to Stephen, and I was racing to the hospital. And, you know, I was trying to get her mind off of this. I didn't want to have the baby in the car. And so I'm saying, let's sing. Good night. She didn't want to sing at all. And uh, so, uh, so I just kept racing. But, you know, I was trying to get her mind off of that. But, you know, when we are a thankful people, we ought to have a song in our heart. I'm not saying there was anything. I'm never going to say... I wasn't sitting by her and saying, "Yo, let's just suck it up. Come on, you know that's a little bit of pain." Good grief! I might tonight or today if that was the case. But anyway, uh, so command number three: sing with praise. Um, So that's what the Lord wants. He wants us to be joyful, have joyful songs. He wants us to uh, be glad. Psalmist says, "Before Him, serve Him, sing His praise with joy in your hearts." In Budapest, a man, he goes to the rabbi and complains. He said, Rabbi, life is unbearable. And the rabbi began to question him. He says, well, there are nine of us living in one room. What in the world can I do, rabbi? And so this, this uh, uh, man is in, in just incredulous. Uh, but the rabbi insists, uh, do this. Take your goat and uh, into the room with you, with all nine of you. And the guy says, what in the world? Uh, and so he says, I say, and, and so he does a week passes, comes back, and, and boy, he's really distraught this time, he's just, he, he's just miserable, and he comes back after this week, and, and he says, Rabbi, he says, I can't stand it, we can't stand it, the goat is filthy, and it stinks in the house, it's, it's unbearable, completely unbearable, and so now the rabbi tells him, go home, and let the goat out, and then come back in another week and see me. And So this uh, man comes back in a week, and he is exuberant, excited, and happy, and joyful. And he, he exclaims, he says, life is beautiful, Rabbi. We, we enjoy every minute of it now that there's no goat in the house with us. Uh, there's only the nine of us. So it changed our whole perspective. No, I'm not asking you to take the goat in the house. Uh, some of you have enough to deal with in the house already. But uh, maybe it is just to uh, get a right perspective of the blessings of God. And uh, it's amazing when we uh, uh, view it from a different angle, how it changes. God is always good. God is blessing you. Whether you notice, notice it or not, he has blessed you. The fact that you're alive right now is truth, is proof that God has blessed you. Then number four. So shout for joy, serve with gladness, sing with praise. Number four, found in verse three. Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and it it is he hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know what that tells me? Here it is. Submit with humbleness. Submit to God with humbleness. Hey, you didn't make yourself. You didn't make this world. You you and I, we're uh, 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 we're nothing more than just his people. We're his sheep. And we need him. Acknowledge, first of all, that he is almighty, that he is God. I know that's true with the case of all of you here this morning. You acknowledge that. But make it known. Don't be ashamed to say that I serve the true and living God, almighty God. He is the Lord. And then acknowledge that he is creator. Yes, he made me and everything that's in this world. Uh, you, you know, we don't need to be like Uh, other Christians who say, well, God, maybe he, maybe he uh, uh, created the little cell that developed into the uh, fish that came into the, to become the uh, monkey and so forth. No, 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 no. God created this earth in six days, everything that's in it, including mankind. And so acknowledge that fact that he is creator. And by the way, let me just insert this. No politician, no scientist is going to destroy what God has made and what God intends to use in the future. This, in other words, I'm not one of these global warmest individuals. I don't go to, you know, have hard time sleeping at night because I'm a wonder, I'm wondering if uh, uh, things are going to burn up on this earth. Or uh, no, no, no. God is in control. There's going to be a, a, some things that happen, and they're going to happen as God said so. And there's always been climate change. Climate is always changing, has done since the, since the uh, flood. And uh, it will continue that way. And by the way, there's a lot of places in this world that could use a little global warming. And uh, we'll be right there in not, not a long time, won't we? Boy, Lord, you can send that global warming our way. That's fine. And um, in the summertime, we're wanting a little cooling. Uh, you know, we're never satisfied. But, but my point is this. God is creator god's will is going to be done all of this is his and we are too and so he made you the way that he wanted you to be he made me the way that he wanted me to be now i know it's a mystery to us uh we may not understand it you know why did god why did you make me this way why did you uh have me with this characteristic or this trait or or this maybe this flaw um this, this inability, whatever it may be that we'll complain. But look, God made you as he wanted to make you for a specific reason. You're not a mistake. Uh, so it doesn't matter if we're not famous, if, we, if you can't sing, uh, if whatever, but God made you as he did. So don't complain what you don't have or what you can't do. Give thanks for what you have and do what you can do. God's not going to ask you to do something you can't do. He's only going to ask you something that you can't. And by the way, if it is something you can't do, he'll enable you to do it. So, uh, you know, God's, uh, you know, God has has made us. He's not satisfied, obviously, with us. He's still working on me. I hope he's still working on you. If you're, he wants to work on all of us. None of us have arrived at a place where we no longer need to grow. And he's not satisfied with our temper. He's not satisfied with the weak areas of our life. Uh, He he wants us to be more like Jesus Christ. And he's still making us. He's still working on us. Uh, Then acknowledge our position. It says here, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Remember who you are. You're not in charge. Mr. President, you're not in charge. Uh, king, queen, I don't care who they are in this world, they're not in charge. They, can, they may be able to rule people and tell them to do this or that, but they're not in charge. God is. God is. And we, as Christians, praise God, are the sheep of his pasture. Most of us, they, we want to be the leader. We, we don't want to be the sheep. Being the sheep, right? That's what we, many people think. Problem is, we don't know where those still waters are. We don't know where those green pastures are, but God does. We need to follow Him. What we will do as sheep is invariably we'll end up in the far country. We'll be lost. Uh, And and we, we need the shepherd. He's saying, you be the sheep. Let me be the shepherd is what God is saying here. And I will lead you beside those still waters. I will lead you into those green pastures. Uh, and and just, just let me lead. And God will. So shout with joy. Serve with gladness. Sing with praise. Submit with humbleness. And then, number five, worship with thanksgiving and praise. Look at verse four. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good; his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. In the Old Testament, the the uh, temple symbolized the presence of God. So, to the temple, whenever they entered into the courtyard of the temple, they knew that they had come into the very presence of God. Now, the temple no longer exists. So, you know, but oftentimes the, the place where we, like this here, where we come to worship God, this place, we, we uh, some will call it the sanctuary. It's the, the place, it indicating that God is here. But you know that God is not confined to the four walls of this building nor any church. God is everywhere. Jesus Christ dwells within us. And he, you know, he is with you as you drive on the highway that's why we do not have to live in complete utter fear because if truth be known and there are people like that right they're so paranoid that they would before even the virus they would they never wanted to leave their home i know someone that has i don't know what they call it but it's a, a fear that they did cannot leave their home they're they'll they'll go into a panic attack and uh uh, but people sometimes, and I know that's something more uh, along the psychological thing, that's, but, but the fact of the matter is we don't have to live in fear. Yes, it's true. We could drive down the road a mile. I only live a mile from here, but I could be killed going home. It could happen. Yeah. Uh, it could happen and that lightning could strike me dead. Yeah, that could happen. I remember one time I was on a lake when it started lightning. I was on a boat, a metal boat. I never paddled so fast in my life, but uh, lightning was striking close. Um, but, but the fact is, yes, we can die in numerous ways, but we are not to, to uh, stop living. He is with us. That's why we can have confidence. God is with us when you're at work, when you're at school. He's with you, um, and he cares for you. You're his children, and uh, he is with you every moment of your life. And then let me say this in closing. Um, the, you know, we are commanded here, um, just to acknowledge this fact the lord is good the lord is good the basis of our thanksgiving as i said at the beginning of this message is the lord the basis of our thanksgiving is the lord he is the source of our thanksgiving isn't he everything we have everything we are is because of him but i'm worried what if god began to treat us like we so often treat him. You ever think about that? What if God met our needs to the same extent that we give him our lives? Hmm. What if we never saw another flower bloom because we grumbled when God sent the rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for others? What if God took away his message because we wouldn't listen to his messenger? What if if he wouldn't bless us today because we didn't thank him yesterday? What if God answered our prayers the way we answer his call for service? What if God decided to stop leading us tomorrow because we didn't follow him today? I love this verse. Listen to this. Psalm 103, the last scripture I'll share today. He hath not dealt with us after our sin. Amen. I'm so glad that he doesn't say, well, you didn't do this, and you didn't do that, and therefore I'm not going to follow. No, I'm glad, as the psalmist said, he hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Thank God for his grace, his mercy, his love. But I pray that we would take time to think about all that he's done for us and how we have a duty to be thankful. I pray that this will be a a meaningful... Thanksgiving week for every one of us, and I know it's been a, a to say it a mildly, a strange year. This has been a, a terrible year for many. A lot, So many things that have happened, and this coronavirus being at the very center of it, and questions that are asked, things that we just can't understand, uh, but this Thanksgiving week can still be, I'm not, I'm not with the crowd that says we ought not get to need to get together. We need it and uh i'm not i'm not gonna uh, be hard on it wants to be cautious and wear masks that's fine but we need it we need to get together with family we need to get together and just praise the lord and thank him and if you will listen to these commands here in the 100th psalm i would, I would encourage you to take time to read again maybe read it on thanksgiving day it's only you know just these few verse, five verses it won't take any time but um if we do if we'll focus on these commands our hearts are going to overflow with thanksgiving to God. So will you be one of those that fill the room, not with just the bountiful supply, that's fine, that's good, the food, but with a bountiful supply of thanksgiving at Thanksgiving time. And be thankful, amen, be thankful. So let me um, uh, put this entire psalm here in perspective with this story a veteran missionary came up to a preacher after the sermon, and he's, the missionary introduced himself, and he says this. He said, I was a medical missionary for many years in India, and I served in a region where there was progressive blindness, and people were born with healthy vision, but there was something in that area that caused people to lose their sight as they matured. Uh, but this missionary, a medical missionary, had um, developed a process for which he could or would arrest the progressive blindness. Stop it. So people came to him. He performed his operation on their eyes. They would leave realizing that now uh, they're not going to lose their sight. Uh, They uh, would not have to become blind. And they were going to be able to see probably for the rest of their lives on this earth. And so they never, ever said thank you. The reason? Because this was not a phrase that was in their dialect at all. And so, wherever they, um, what they did instead, they spoke these words. It meant this. This is what the words meant. I will tell you, or I, I will tell your name. I will tell your name. And so, wherever they went, they would tell the name of the missionary that gave them sight, that cured their blindness, and they would re- they, they had received something so wonderful that they were proclaiming it to everyone the name of the one that helped them. Now look, that's a great story for you and I. On this week, on the every day of our lives, we ought to be people who proclaim from the housetops the name of the one who's done so much for us, Jesus Christ. Let's be thankful to him. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. And pray here this morning, if you have never received Christ as your Savior, if you're here this morning, and you're not sure if you were to die right now that you'd go to heaven, I urge you to come and trust Him today. We want to help you. And Christian, be thankful. Father, have your way now in this invitation. Forgive us for complaining. Forgive us for being so negative and grumbling and and just uh, uh, not being thankful. God, I pray that we would understand all that you've done for us. And it would fill our hearts with thankfulness. So your will be done. If Christians need to come to this altar, I pray they would. If uh, anyone here that's not saved, I pray they also would be the first to come. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand, heads bowed, eyes closed.